Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. Pastor John started this Rooted series last week, and we're talking about being rooted in Christ. And this verse in Colossians 2, it says in verse 6 and 7, it says, So then, just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Remember what you received. You and I have received the greatest gift, and that is Jesus Christ. We have received the greatest gift. And I don't know about you, but I remember like, you know, think about Christmas when you open up your Christmas gifts and you got like the gift that you've been asking your parents the entire year for. It's like, yeah, socks. I don't know. I don't know what you asked for. But um, it's like you got that gift, but sometimes that gift just sits. Who, who, who likes socks? Good, good for you. Good for you. God bless you. I hope your mom gives you plenty of socks for the rest of your life. Okay. Um, you know, you get that gift, but if the gift sits, what purpose does it have? We have the greatest gift given to us in the gift of Jesus Christ, but we need to walk in that gift in Jesus. We need to be able to plant ourselves and deeply root ourselves in the gift of Jesus because that's how we're going to grow. And we're going to grow up in the church when we plant ourselves in him. The church becomes a place we grow up in Christ. And listen, if you haven't had the chance to listen to last week's message and you're like, what are you talking about? Listen to last week's message, go on to YouTube, go on the website, go on the app, and just tune in. Uh, You will not regret it. Um, If you have a Bible with you, uh, or if you have your smartphone, go to Psalm chapter 1. And if you're watching online, you can open uh, your Bible as well. Psalm chapter 1. And we're going to be looking at uh, this passage and just continue to be reminded what it means to be uh, rooted. What it means to where we plant ourselves and, and the benefits of it when we plant ourselves in something that is good and something that is healthy. In Psalm chapter one, it says in verse one, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prospers. Whatever they do, prospers. When I think about the things that I want to be able to do in life or the things I want to be able to accomplish in life, I, I want it to prosper. I believe that when we plant ourselves in the church, and not just in, in, in Jesus, but when we plant ourselves in the body of Christ and biblical community, God does incredible things. And so we need to be rooted in one another. If you're taking notes, I want, if you don't remember anything of what I say today, but you remember this, remember, we need to be rooted in one another. We need to be rooted in the church, in the body of Christ, in biblical and healthy community. We read last week in John chapter 5, Jesus is the vine, we are the branches. If we remain in him, we will bear much fruit, and apart from him, we can do nothing. You and I, we can live this life that can be fruitful. And the things that come out of our life while you follow Jesus, that is the fruit of our lives. Like, have you, have you ever asked yourself, like, does an apple tree struggle to produce an apple? No, because that's its purpose. All it does is produces an apple. 
And the same thing applies to us as Christians. If we are truly rooted in Jesus, firmly planted to him with everything that we have, we are going to produce the fruits that come with following Jesus. One of my favorite passages is is in Psalm 92, and it says, The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock. They will flourish in the courts of our God. And the life that is firmly planted in Christ and in one another will fulfill its purpose and flourish. I don't want to have to struggle and strain to fulfill the thing that God created me to do. And when God calls us to do something for his glory, that you and I can do it because we're firmly planted in him and we're firmly planted in one another in the body of Christ. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for this time. God, I just pray that we come with open hearts and open minds. Because God, I believe when we talk about this and being rooted in one another, God, there may be some of us in this room or some of us that are watching online, Lord, we have been hurt. We have, we have been offended. When we talk about relationships, there might be something that just triggers us, God. There's some of us that we've been feeling so alone. And God, I just pray today, Lord, that you would just, you would just speak to our very soul this morning to how to plant ourselves to be producing deep roots and the relationships that we need to thrive. God, we thank you for this time. And again, God, I say I rejoice because I know you're with the Washington football team Thursday night. (laughs) We continue to ask for your favor, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. He is good. So listen, um, by talking about this Rooted series, I can't just help but think about roots. And I started thinking of some of the trees that I've seen over the course of my life. Like I, I, this past April, I was finally able to go back to my home in Hawaii and see my family. I was able to actually bring my boys with me and Megan to be able to experience the things that I got to when I was growing up, when I was their age. And yes, you know, we took them to the beach and I showed them like all the places I love to get food and all those things. But one of the things I've always really enjoyed uh, in Hawaii is that there's a certain tree I pass uh, when we walk. And it's it's not even a tree that originated in Hawaii. It's just somebody brought it over at one point, but it's called a, a banyan tree. And while a banyan tree is really cool looking because it's not like the most tallest tree, but its roots actually grow from the branches and come down and begin to uproot themselves to make the, the trunk of the base thicker and wide. And to kind of give you the, the illustration, like imagine yourself that you just spent hours at the golden hour and you're just walking yourself out. Like, like that's, at least that's how I walk when I come out of the golden corral, you know? And it's like, it has such a thick and strong base that it's, it's one of the strongest trees because of the thickness of the base, you know, maybe you think of redwood trees. You guys have ever seen redwood trees? They can grow as tall as 35 stories high. But their roots only go maybe five or six feet deep. 
where they actually get their strength is their, their roots grow horizontally, and they can go up to 100 feet away from the actual trunk of the tree. And what's super cool is when, when they interlock with, with uh, other uh, tree roots, they can actually f- form themselves to combine with other redwood trees to make them even stronger that no matter what force of nature comes, they will still stand. One of the coolest trees I, I, I remember researching are the aspen trees. Aspen trees, they, their roots not only connect and interlock, but they grow in a way to where they are, have I, identical roots. So even though that the trees can grow a, a certain way and look a certain way, at the end of the day, their, their roots have been interlocked in such a way that they are actually one cell unit. And they have the same identity. See, we look at these different trees and their roots, and, and, and I believe that's what the body of Christ is ultimately supposed to look like. Where we all have our own uniqueness, we all have our own quirkiness and, and personalities, but yet we still act as one, as one unit. In 1 Corinthians 12, it says, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, but Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of the one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. See, these trees, they're connected by what they're planted in, not the way that they look on the surface. And they're completely connected with one another, but what connects them is in what they're planted. And that's the same with us. We are not connected by the way that we dress or by the color of our skin. We're not connected by what job I have or what job I don't have. We're not connected with how large our family is or what family we don't have. We're not connected by how much money I make or how much little uh, or how little I make. We are connected because we are planted in this church, in Jesus Christ. That makes us the body of Christ. And the more that you're planted with a handful of people who are following Jesus just like you, the more anchored and nourished that you'll be. And I think a lot of us, we, we can experience of like what we put our roots in. Like, because there's sometimes we put our roots in some things that are unhealthy for us. Like, we, we probably have experienced some hurts when we've planted roots in the things that have had a negative impact in our lives, whether that's relationships or maybe that's other things. And we've struggled in uprooting those negative roots. But then we can also testify on when we've rooted ourselves in the things that are healthy. And we can see the testimony of who we have become because of other like-minded people who aren't perfect. None of us are perfect in this room. But when we get together with our imperfect selves, you know, and we have the same like-minded desires of knowing God more, we begin to experience something that actually nourishes our soul. And you can only grow so much to what you're planted in. Just like these trees that they, they need, uh, they depend on water and the sun and having good soil. The same things for us. Like we, for us to thrive in life, we have to, and, and survive, we have to depend on certain things. We have to depend on water. We have to depend on food. We have to depend on shelter and clothes and, 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 and sanitation. And some of us, we completely depend on personal space. You know, there's things that we need that we depend on for us to live this life. And if we, if we can categorize this, 
I, I, I look at a couple or, or a few different ways. You know, we can have uh, codependency, we can have independency, or we can have interdependency. When you, when you kind of break this up, codependency, it's, it's characterized by excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner or thing. When I think of codependence, I think of that awkward couple when you go out and they're the ones that are canoodling on the same side of the table or the booth. Use your own imagination what you think canoodling is. Um, no offense if you're the one that's canoodling on the same side of the table or booth. You know, it's, and when, and when people are apart, it's like they're on the phone. They're like, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you more. Oh, you hang up, you hang up. You know, it's like, it, it's... And, and I kid, I, I, I joke, but when you really look at codependency, a lot of times we think of codependency, it's somebody that deals in struggle with addiction. But I think, honestly, a lot of us have at one point, you know, or will have to deal with codependency. You know, maybe we are depending on that other person, you know, in that relationship, or we're depending on that stature or that title or that calling you know, we, we, we look at these people or these things to tell us who we are. And when that thing or that person becomes our identity, I think that's where codependency becomes a, an unhealthy thing to be rooting in. But on the other hand, you have this independency, and it's, it's described independence, free from outside control, not depending on another's authority. Uh, I think a lot of us want, want to be independent. You know, I'm somebody, it's like, I, I, I've always wanted to be independent. Like, I didn't, never wanted to be in debt. I never wanted to be, um, rely on my parents' money or stuff like that. It's, I, I just always thrive to be dependent or independent. And I think that's where our culture really pushes that a lot is it, it, it pushes people how to be independent, except for millennials. If you're still living with your parents and millennials, I will help you find a job and move out. Parents... Kick them out, okay? Let's help them as much as we can, all right? In, in, we, we strive to find some kind of independence. And that independence can also, you know, bring confidence in ourselves. Um, but w- where we start to see the fine line of independence is when we begin to isolate ourselves from those people that we actually are craving relationships with. And, you know, I, I, I kind of look back a lot with um, how COVID has happened. You know, COVID, we had to learn kind of how to be independent at times. But I even feel like during this term with this pandemic and everything, um, you know, where that's kind of pushed us to isolate ourselves. And God didn't intend us to isolate ourselves. I think so many times when we've relied too much on being independent that we can say, hey, I can still pursue a relationship with God, but I don't need other people in my life. That's where we can cross the line with independence. I believe how God really encourages us to be as the body of Christ is to be interdependent. Interdependent means where we can stand on our own two feet because of those who stand with us. I can stand and I can face whatever comes my way because of the people that I have surrounded myself with. It's almost like how these roots like intertwine and interlock with one another. For, for us to be interdependent and for us to thrive is where I can be able to lock arms with, with the people who have my back and not face them nose to nose, but face everything that's coming my way side to side or even back to back. God has created us to, to be interdependent as one unit. 
And it's not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength. There is no greater weapon that hell fears more than the body of Christ acting as the way that's supposed to be. Us unified together, interdependently working together, carrying our own unique strengths and characteristics, and walking as one whole complete unit. There's nothing more powerful on this planet that hell feels more than the body of Christ. I always think back at the book of Acts. You know, when, when Jesus like deuced out of here and, and, and left the church with the resource that they needed to continue. And every one of those disciples, every one of those followers, they had uh, unique personalities. They all had gifts to contribute. They're all maybe a little bit different from each other, but they were still able to independently work together to advance the kingdom of God. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. See, the more firmly planted that we, in, that we are, in, the stronger we will be. The deeper that we roll with the body of Christ, the more powerful we'll become. The more that we plant ourselves, the more that we see ourselves flourish, we'll see the miracles happen, we'll see healing happen, we'll see life transformation happen because of how we're planting ourselves in one another. When you stay planted in the body of Christ, you have the strength to stay and the power to succeed. And we see this all throughout the Bible. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego who, in my opinion, if they were separated and just individually there, told to bow, I'm pretty sure they would have. But because they stood together, they are able to stand in the presence power of God and be a testimony of who he is. When the Israelites were facing the Amalekites, Moses and Aaron and Hur, they went to the top of the hill. And every time that Moses would lift his hands, Joshua and the Israelites, they were winning the battle against the Amalekites. But when Moses' hands got tired and then became down, the Amalekites began to win. So what did Aaron and Hur do? They saw that Moses was tired, so they themselves got on each side of Moses and held his hands up until the Israelites had complete victory. I think of Naomi when she lost her husband and her sons in a time when most would feel lonely and abandoned. Ruth was there to be a loyal friend. When the four men who took their paralyzed friend to go see Jesus, when they couldn't make it into the building, they didn't stop there. They didn't give up. They actually got to the top of the roof and made a hole so that they could slowly drop their friend down so that Jesus would see him and heal him. They wouldn't stop until the miracle happened. The disciples who spent their time with Jesus, they experienced both his pain and uh, of his death and the, and the joy of his resurrection. And they may have lost the physical presence of their friend and their leader, but they still continue to ministry together. See, it's amazing what takes place when we plant ourselves in the right people. The Bible clearly shows that community and unity, they're a byproduct of interdependence. And whether you're relatively new here to abundant life 
or maybe you've been attending here for years, don't deprive yourself of God's resources through relationships with one another. Last week, we, we heard the testimony of the Hogans, who have been here for like 10 plus years, and how the longevity and how it helped their family to succeed. I want you to hear another testimony of somebody who hasn't been here that long, has only been here for less than a year, but of being newly rooted in the body of Christ. Check this out. So uh, we're actually relatively new to the area, and uh, we've been here since October of last year, and we watched uh, online services uh, for several months, and um, we started attending in person in February of this year. We've quickly fallen in love with, you know, everything that the church has to offer, and all the services have just been very inspirational for us uh, as a family. It was really important for us for, and for our son as well. Um, he's very involved with Crave, the youth ministry here, and he's had a lot of positive experiences. He loves to come. He loves the leaders. They're just really genuine and welcoming. They've supported him through some tough times, and he just feels really comfortable here, and we do as well. I, I think that um, it's been a blessing. Uh, I definitely think that I've been nudged by God several times uh, to take a couple of steps forward, um, you know, and the people here and uh, the leadership has been very welcoming and, and has helped us in different ways um, that they don't even know. So uh, they're a real blessing to us and you know, that's really been um, something that has motivated us to you know, stay here and, and to continue to get plugged in and, and do what we can and help the community. And we feel the energy when we come, just the genuineness of all the people we've met. We love the pastor's word that we hear every week and it fills us for the next week to come. We look forward to coming every Sunday. In our old church, uh, we were very active, very involved. We we're very hands-on, uh, missional church and um, this has just been a big part of our lives and you know not being part of a congregation or you know, a church body um, you know in in person is, is is very difficult and so it was very important we found a new church and um, get rooted thank you Raphael and Heidi just for sharing that testimony listen there the beauty of being planted equals the deep roots of friendships and relationships. And we know by planting ourselves, it is a risk. You know, it's, it's a huge step of faith to be able to plant ourselves in something. It's like, will we see this grow to become anything? But in order for us to be able to thrive, it's, we have to, in order for us to kind of see the goodness of what's to come in those relationships, we have to meet in a room with the, the same people again and again and again and again. Like we, the People need to be able to see our ups and downs in that group. And I don't know about you, maybe some of us in this room or maybe you're watching online, this very thought scares you. 
maybe there's some of us that are like hugely introverts and like Sunday mornings alone is enough. <laughs> like you've had your source of connecting with people and now you're going to go in your corner for the rest of the month. I don't know. Um, maybe some of us in this room, we, we, we struggled because we've been hurt. We've been hurt maybe at another church or maybe we've been hurt by just Christians in general. Maybe we've just been hurt by people in general. And so anytime we, we talk about putting ourselves out there and getting connected or finding a place to belong, we get that voice back in our head. It's like the same thing's going to happen. The same thing's going to happen. So why even bother? And so we stop ourselves. We deprive ourselves of what our soul is actually craving because we keep holding on to that past experience. Maybe that's not you. Maybe that is, maybe that's not. Maybe some of us in this room, you know, we, we're just too prideful to let ourselves be ourselves in front of people. Like may, maybe we feel like we have to carry this certain stature or this you know, curtain, uh, certain uh, presence when we're around people, but we're not willing to allow ourselves just to be open and vulnerable. Or maybe we're just too afraid of allowing people to call us out on our junk. I, I, don't, I don't know what it is for you, maybe. All I know is that we just have to keep being able to put ourselves out there. I keep thinking of, of this um, analogy I, I heard from Jeannie Mayo one time, you know, and, and she was talking about relationships. And she used this analogy, uh, putting your heart on a stick. So imagine it was like there's like a three-foot pole here, and it's our heart. And we put our hearts out there for people to get to know us. We put our hearts out there so that we can build relationships. And there are times when we put ourselves out there and we see relationships happen. We meet our best friends, we meet our spouses, and we see good come out of it. But then there are those times we put our heart out there. And we have somebody that takes our heart, rips it up, crumples it up, throws it to the ground, stomps on it spits on it, and we get so focused, like, oh, that hurts. Oh, that's too painful. And we stay here. And we don't think, like, how can we ever recover from that? How can I recover from that past hurt? How can I ever put myself back out there and... and, because it's going to happen again. You know what? It may. It may or may not, but you won't know until you take that step of faith. And from somebody who, who, who's been hurt by people before, who's been taken advantage of, the only thing I can keep telling myself is this. Of all the times I kept hurting God, God would still without even thinking, would still send his son Jesus to die on the cross for me. He would still show me grace. He would still take that risk for me. Knowing that I could easily mess up again, easily knowing I could fall off the path of following him again, he would still do it because he saw me as worth it. And what our souls crave is to be connected. 
So what do we have to do? Well, we have to pick up our heart, uncrumble it, put it back together, put it back on that stick and stick it back out. This is hard because this is where we're the most exposed. Sometimes when we put ourselves out there, we feel like everybody can see everything. But you know what? I can't do this life on my own. And there are those that are out there who've seen what I have seen and who have gone through what I have gone through and still by the grace of God loves me for who I am and accepts me for who I am. We have to be willing to take that step to expose ourselves to other believers. Because just as God accepts us as we are, so we as the body of Christ can be able to accept each other. Listen, roots take time to develop. Roots don't just grow overnight. Deep roots, especially, it takes the time. And I'm not telling us we need to take one big giant leap. And I'm vulnerable. No. But sometimes we just need to be able to take step by step, little by little, and be able to see the growth happen over time. Sometimes we don't even know that there's growth happening until we're standing exactly where God has called us to be. We have to keep going. We have to keep trying as hard as it is. But shared faith and shared experiences is what helps create relationships. And the more that you plant yourself in Christ and the more you plant yourself in the body of Christ, you'll find that community. You'll find that authentic relationships. And we can be intentional about each other each step at a time. One of the things I've really been wrestling a lot with uh, over the past few weeks is what the future church is going to look like in the next 30 to 50 years because it's not going to look the same. And my fear is that we as the generation now isn't going to set the future church, this next generation, up for what the church is supposed to be. Because when we say that Biblical community isn't something that is important to invest in because we ourselves aren't investing in it. How are we as the parents or the grandparents or the spiritual influencers in this next generation's lives, how are we setting up for what the future church is supposed to be? We need to champion the next generation, the importance of being the church. We need to champion the next generation on what healthy relationships should look like and where we should be actually planting those roots Because we cannot champion a better future for the next generation if we are not consistently challenging the priorities of us as the adult. Our sense of connection and community grows when we move from showing up to sowing in. Listen, we can keep showing up to church. That's great. We can keep showing up. We can keep making it out. But there's a difference when we move from showing up to start sowing in and planning ourselves and investing into the body of Christ and when we start investing into one another. 
There's no better way to plant yourself and to grow is by getting involved in a group. We have groups that meet here at this church. They meet here during the week. We have groups that that meet in people's homes. We have groups that even meet out just in public. And there's something for all ages. But we need to be able to take a step and be a part of it. We need to meet with other people who are going through the same stage of life that we are to be able to get through and not just survive, but actually thrive in, the, in this phase that we're in right now. You know, we have plenty of, of people that are starting to like, hey, I want to be a part of a group. I want to be a part of a group. Well, we also need group leaders. We need people to open their homes and say, come, let's do this together. And we, I'm, I'm sure we will surprise ourselves to see it. Wow, they, I thought they had it going on. <laughs> but you know what? They struggle just like I do. And that we can be able to walk together. And we can celebrate together. And we can be victorious together. And we can cry together. We can do this together. If you're already in a group, serve somewhere. Find, you'd be surprised in how many people that you see that be like-minded as you, have the same gifts and passions as you, is just as quirky as you by serving. But don't just serve just to be an able body. Because you can serve here for years and still not putting yourself out there to connect with other people. These are various ways that we can just take that step and be able to put our heart out there a little bit and start planting those roots to actually see growth and be able to experience what God has intended us to experience as the body of Christ. Listen, I, I'll speak on this because I feel like I, I'm very guilty of this of myself. You know, where we, we can come on a Sunday morning and we can we say, hey, how's it going? But there's nothing deeper than that. We have to move from the, hey, how are you doing, to actually sharing life with one another. And we can't expect that we're going to experience the best life possible in the presence of God when we just come and we just sit in our same seats and and just come for an hour-long service and expecting different results. How are you planning yourself into the body of Christ? How are you planning yourself into the church? Are you seeing the growth that you want to see? In every season of life, you're going to have strength and you will always win if you stay connected and grow in the body of Christ that you plant yourself in. So let the church be a place where we grow with one another. Listen, growing with one another, it's a huge commitment. It's a commitment to being rooted with one another. It's a commitment to growth. It's a commitment to risk. It's a commitment to faith. It's a commitment to hope. It's a commitment to strength. It's a commitment to perseverance. It's a commitment. And it's going to take time. But it's not something that you have to do alone. Because when you commit to growing the church with one another, you will flourish. Psalms 92. You will flourish in the courts of our God. Bearing fruit. Staying fresh. 
proclaiming he is my rock. How would our culture change if we acted as the body of Christ, interlocking with one another, being interdependently on each other, growing together, and still acting as one whole unit? How would our culture change? With every head bowed, every eye closed, my prayer today is that we can take that step of faith to deeply root ourselves in who God has intended us to be. And so, Heavenly Father, I thank you and I praise you. But God, I pray that we, as believers, we can root ourselves with one another. God, not only are we going to be finding life in you and in this church, but we can experience and share life together with like-minded people. I believe today you are putting on somebody's heart to open their homes to be a group leader. I believe today that you're calling some people to start serving in some areas because they know that that's going to be where they're going to experience growth, not just in their gifts, but also relationships with other people. God, I also believe that there are people who who came in hurting, that they've been carrying hurt from previous relationships. And God, through this vulnerable stage, there's going to be healing. God, my prayer is that we can be the body of Christ that you've always intended us to be. Interdependently working together. To advance the kingdom. God, place on our hearts and how you want us to root and to plant ourselves into relationships and into the people that are in the body of Christ. We love you, God, and we thank you. And we pray all this in your name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.